0: BoardWalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel TV episodes as they are released on Disney+. Plus. This is your spoiler alert. Welcome to Night Fever, our official Moon Knight After Show podcast. I am Zach Perlstein, the
1: Editor-in-Chief of the BoardWalk Times. I'm
2: Elizabeth Pfeiffer, the Senior Editor of the BoardWalk
1: Times. I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the BoardWalk Times. So,
0: instead of discussing Moon Knight Episode 2 today on Night Fever... I thought we could just discuss Morbius, the biggest movie in the world. Haha, ha, that was just a late April Fool's joke. We're not actually going to discuss Morbius. But before we get into... Dang
2: it, I was so ready.
1: I, I know,
0: we could have discussed... Know.
1: Morbius Sweet, Morbius Sweet, real cinema. Better I want to Batman. suck
2: your blood. That was my Morbius impression.
1: <laughs> oh my Fair God. Leto. What are you sure it's not... I am Venom. I'm sorry, it's just Dr. Morbius here at your service. Which they cut from the movie, apparently. So, not Kino, not cinema. Garbage. For sure, I, I, I didn't,
0: d- didn't get around to seeing that one. I probably never will. You know, I know what happens, but, you know, we're actually not discussing that today. We're going to discuss Moon Knight Episode 2 in a few moments. But, Gio and Elizabeth, did you secure your Multiverse of Madness tickets, or did your movie theater website just crash?
1: I am currently in the process of securing tickets, and so far, so good.
2: For me, I don't know my work schedule for May yet, so I don't want to buy tickets before I know when I'm working. So unfortunately, I just have to wait it out.
0: That makes sense, yeah. Gotta see, gotta see what you have to do, you know, gotta see what you can do. And we are going to dive into Moon Knight after this short break. So I did get my tickets for Multiverse of Madness. It was a challenge, but, you know, you got them secured for May 5th. You know, I just hope I don't get spoiled. You know, that's my biggest, I'm not watching any new footage. There's no promises. Exactly.
2: Right? Out there on the internet, it's like a field of landmines.
1: I'm not going to lie. I've been avoiding most of the marketing for Doctor Strange, unlike Spider-Man. And I did catch the latest TV spot. And the, the thing that I took from it wasn't really story spoilers. It's that Sam Raimi is the goat. Like, <laughs> he, his, his direction is so notable, and it looks really good. Like, it, it looks like a movie he'd made, so looking forward to it. But I am also on the train of I will not look at anything else from here on out unless it passes by. But spoilers, uh, no, I'm good. No thanks.
0: For sure. I can't wait. It's going to be super exciting, but... Today we're discussing Moon Knight episode two. So what were your guys' initial takeaways from this episode?
2: For me, I really liked that we dived more into the ancient Egyptian mythology. Uh, you know how you have that like hyperfixation as a child, whether it's like space or dinosaurs. Yeah, mine was ancient Egypt. So I'm like living for this entire thing. So that's what I was really excited about more of that lore and I can't wait to get into it more.
1: My main takeaway is I am completely surprised that the two personalities actually control the suits. I thought they just summoned the suits and then the suits would like just take their mind away, but no. And Mr. Knight being a a joke because Steven falls and says, oh, suit, suit, and he gets a suit was uh, kind of a plot twist to me. I was expecting Mr. Knight to be like the the cool detective persona from the comics. And instead it's Steven wearing a drip. So, <laughs> I mean, it's still cool, but interesting. Yeah. And, um, Conchu, really cool. I'm glad that he's not everything. It seems.
0: Totally agree on all that Khonshu. I love his design. I think that's one, you know, he feels very real within this, like, you know, very grounded series so far. So that's one of my takeaways so far I really enjoyed Kanchu. And the Mr. Knight thing did catch me off guard a bit because I thought he was going to be like a mall boss type. And, you know, from all the posters, he looked like some kind of alpha. So it ending up with yeah. Steven, who was in control, I thought that was pretty cool.
1: I will also say uh, the ending and the twist with Layla, that was another thing that surprised me in this episode. Uh Layla being Mark's wife. I was just expecting her to be his partner, like uh whenever he was a mercenary. And and then obviously uh Steven's like, Oh, what are you? And he, are you a spy? And he's like, No, I'm more than that, or whatever. And it's like, what could it be more than that? Oh, mercenary. It's because he's he's not exactly working with the law. He's above the law in a way. That's another thing. Conchu is basically Batman, if you think about it. <laughs> he's His uh more morality, except for the killing part, when he says, I am justice, I am real justice and and fist of vengeance, like come on. The new Batman movie just came out and and they talk about vengeance the entire time.
2: I literally wrote in my notes, okay, Batman.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, I just watched it again last night, so perfect timing, right? So (laughs) vengeance. And Moon Knight
0: has always been compared to Batman. So, I mean, that makes, you know, all the sense in the world. And another of my like initial takeaways from this episode is just the filmmaking in general, I feel like is a notch above the previous Disney plus outings, you know, WandaVision, I think is still there because I think WandaVision did a bunch of cool stuff, but I liked how, you know, Steven and Mark, how they interacted. It was because of mirrors or reflections like was there any specific filmmaking techniques within Moon Knight that you you guys particularly enjoyed
2: yes hands down I remember writing it in my notes the scene where Conchu kind of first make first makes his big appearance and he's chasing Stephen I'm like getting all the names mixed up in my head how does he do it And he's chasing Stephen down the storage unit hallway I don't know, like, that entire sequence was just, like, so pretty, but so chaotic at the same time. I just, I loved it.
1: I gotta say, there were two crane shots in the in this episode that would, like, kind of twist and turn from above, like, when he first enters the museum and his world's been turned upside down, and then again later in the episode, whenever the Moon Knight stuff is going down. I really like that, and you can actually feel the difference between the directors of the series, because the first episode was directed by Mohammed Diab, which I'm pretty sure I mispronounced, but then the, the second episode was a, a duo, and their styles are completely different, and I'm glad to let them kind of take reins, because with TV shows in general, the directors are just there to kind of fulfill the showrunner's needs, unless they're given more freedom, but here, you can tell they were given a lot of freedom. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was really good. And um, the action scene was cool. A smart way to save money on CGI by making the jackal invisible to everyone but Steven.
2: Right. And Zach, didn't you predict last week like we're not going to have as much of an action-packed episode like it kind of has to build itself back up again?
0: I did. And I'm I feel like I went into this episode with very, like, low expectations that it was going to, like, go down a bit, but I'm actually kind of satisfied with what they did in this episode because I felt like there was a lot of character development and then the action kind of picked up towards the end. And there was also some twists that I didn't see coming with Kanshu and Layla, so I, I'm kind of going back on my prediction a bit, a
1: bit because I feel like they kind of exceeded my expectations in a way.
0: I'm with you on that.
1: I thought it was a really solid uh, follow-up to the last episode. It definitely felt like just a continuation of the story. It wasn't trying to like one-up it or anything. It just felt like more of what we needed to see, pretty much. And it ends up um, completely flipping the script, literally, at the end. So really excited. In fact, I may have mentioned this on another pod before, but uh, by the third episode of these shows, there's always like an action-packed one. I don't know if they're going to do that by the third one, but who knows? Maybe it'll just be walking around to Egypt, but still a lot left to be seen.
0: I have a feeling that
1: action-packed
0: episodes could be episode four because all the media members who got to watch a Moon Knight ahead of time, everyone's been like trying to find the right word to say here, but they're just all like, oh, episode four, episode four, you know, like, you know. Like, can't wait to see what happens in the last two. So I'm thinking episode four, maybe that episode. But then again, Oscar Isaac has made it really clear with all the interviews I've read about him, about Moon Knight. It seems like he really wants this series to be this character study in an untraditional like MCU show. Like he wants to do something completely
1: different and I respect the vision.
0: And so far, I think it's paying off.
1: I will also say that Harrow Uh, Ethan Hawke's character gets a lot more to do in this episode and you start buying into his whole thing and he's the typical villain who thinks what he's doing is righteous and then uh, Stephen rightfully points out the flaws in his ideal he's like you're gonna just kill children like and he's like oh severed limb yada yada bullshit philosophy yeah and then and then uh yeah dumb
2: yeah, I was getting like really big flag smasher vibes from his whole philosophy, throwing it back to uh Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know if you guys kind of thought that too.
1: I I didn't even catch on to that, but I, you're absolutely right. It's like this righteous, like, oh yeah, the world sucks, but we're gonna make it better. Uh but Ethan Hawke is awesome. I'm glad they picked him. Although I was like curious. I was thinking they always pick like the rich, uh, just rich guy to be this kind of villain. And we haven't learned exactly where he got all his power. Like all we know is that another plot twist, he was Moon Knight at some point before Mark. So clearly they had Conchu and him had a falling out because Khonshu is the face of justice. And just like Batman, he doesn't, believe in persecuting people before the crime so interesting
0: i agree the falcon in the winter soldier thing brought back a memory real quick was in a Moon Knight teaser when i was like combing through it really like slowly there was actually a bus that had the grc logo on it the grand repreation council or i forget the acronym but it was from you know where they displace all the people who came back from the snap So like that was like one of the only Easter eggs or hidden details so far that kind of connects Moon Knight to the MCU. But I wouldn't be surprised if like this Flag Smasher's like ideology has spread, but like in different ways. And also another thing I noticed with Arthur Harrow and the whole balancing of the scales and like when you think of balancing the scales, in my mind, I immediately go, oh, Thanos, because that was like his big thing. He wanted to balance
1: the scales as well. That's absolutely right. I didn't even make a connection. I was saying, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, those big villain types. Well, duh, we kind of deal with them in the MCU. And I I already feel like we are going to end up seeing uh, the goddess uh, Amit, I, I believe. Or is it Amit? I, I can't remember. But I feel like we are going to see her.
2: I really hope so. It's... I, <laughs> I'm, like, so excited I can't even, like, think of, like correct words to say but yes I really hope so maybe that's like episode four and then they're gonna have to like deal with the consequences of her being fully realized in an avatar state or something
0: I think that would be wild to watch and I also have a god theory later in the podcast to drop you know it ties to a bunch of different things but I'll get to that later but speaking of gods obviously one of the lines um arthur harrow said in this episode that i was like whoa for a second was when he was like none of the gods respect him when he was like speaking about khonshu and i was like okay does he just mean the egyptian gods or is he actually going further does he mean the norse gods the greek gods the celestial gods of the mcu you know is somehow is khonshu like the Yandu of the gods or Yandu with the ravagers and guardians of the galaxy kind of gets exiled like you know i'm just trying to think like how you know that that could have just been a throwaway line for like the egyptian gods but you know i was like thinking deeper what if it was like for all the gods because it seems like the mcu is really expanding this like the gods within the universe
1: yeah you're absolutely right to to think about that i completely forgot uh, because obviously we have the norse gods um there's rumors that we're going to see more uh and then obviously you have the Celestials, I wouldn't be surprised if they all kind of know about each other, even just a little bit. Didn't Kingo make a joke about Thor or something like, yeah, I think so. Right. I think
0: so. He's made a joke because they've been around so long. You know, you, you bring up a great point with the Eternals. They've been around so long and I'm sure the Eternals have been to Egypt. They had to have crossed paths with amet or khonshu or whatever like the egyptian gods were at the time because i think that would be an interesting twist too because i mean if they're like these celestial type eternal beings you know i feel like if you're a god character don't gods know all so it's like wouldn't odin know something like even if they didn't know all the details like that's at least my interpretation so far
1: it's almost like khonshu is is A vigilante outcast for for the other like like the Justice League or like the Avengers where they have a character who is really powerful but they're like uh you you suck or uh you can't you don't have all your powers anymore so he's training an underling I don't know it's pretty interesting
2: his mythology is really interesting too because during more of like Old Kingdom Egypt early ancient Egyptian history he was kind of seen as like really violent and dangerous, that kind of persona that we're getting right now, like that vigilante. um, From my research, he appears in this thing called the Cannibal Hymn, which is a part of the pyramid texts. Um, He's like bloodthirsty and all this stuff that we've seen in the show. But then in like later, like New Kingdom Egypt, he's like worshipped as like a gentle and compassionate guy. So I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see like that side of him too. I'm going to go off on a limb and say probably not. Um, But it's, it's just interesting.
1: Maybe you'll get that character progression. You never know.
2: I feel like gods don't have character progression, at least in this sense, because, I mean, I guess me saying that, and, you know, we've seen the Eternals have really great character progression and, like, Thor and stuff. But I don't know. Something about, like, this one just feels like He's going to be pretty stagnant in his wants because he, he's almost like a villain, you know? So why would his wants change to suddenly be compassionate? But we'll see. I don't know. I'm just just guessing.
1: Yeah. Steven seems to be the more compassionate of the three right now. So who knows? Maybe they'll get another personality later because as we know in the Moon Knight comics, there's always about three. We're missing one right now.
0: That's true. And also with like character progression for like Khonshu, we also, I mean, I had to start thinking and I'll dive into this more later with my theory. What happens if Khonshu gets killed, you know, by Harrow or something? What does that like? What happens to the suit or does his avatar being just flow into Mark or Steven or, you know, you have to start thinking about that too. And I'll dive
1: into that more later as well. And then he wants to take over Layla at some point as well, which begs the question, do you think that just like uh, all the other heroes right now, at some point in the future, Moon Knight's uh, persona or like the suit will be passed down to someone else way, way in the future? Because I highly doubt Mark is going to let Layla or even want Layla to take the responsibility from him.
2: That's interesting. I mean, you can't rule it out, especially... With the MCU trying to keep their properties going as long as they can. It's not uncommon for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, in the comics right now, Electra is taking the mantle of Daredevil. So you never know. You never know.
2: Speaking of comics, did you guys see that QR code in the, on the storage unit? That will link you to a free comic of Moon Knight. In case anybody's curious.
0: No way. I'm going to have to check that out. That's awesome.
2: I will send y'all a picture and I will retweet it to my Twitter. So anybody who's listening can go find it and get their free comic.
1: Oh my goodness. I only knew about the one in the first episode. Oh, this is so cool. So they're going to do this every episode, aren't they?
2: I guess so. Like, we just got to keep our eyes peeled.
1: Oh, that's awesome to hear. Because Moon Knight is an obscure character for a lot of people. So it's a cool way to get them into it, like, besides just the show. Oh, that is really cool. Now I'm like, what? <laughs> kind of taking it back right now. Gonna have to do that after the pod.
0: Same here. I, I love that. That's so cool. You know, because I just want to read more comics. You know, ahead of these series because they're introducing like so many. Like, I want to read some She-Hulk comics before She-Hulk, and you know, Miss Marvel comics before Miss Marvel. So I hope they start just doing this because that would be really cool. But I do think both of your points on like the succession of the Moon Knight character make a lot of sense and also didn't know Electro's Daredevil in the comics. Now that's pretty awesome. I think that's a really cool move they did. But the only thing I feel like is weird about like this succession is that all the other like MCU successions, like come later where this is like in episode two, like we just got to know Mark slash Steven so I feel like this is like really early compared to like Captain America, you know, Hawkeye. Hawkeyes didn't come until years later. You know, all these other Black Widow, you know, all these other successions like took a lot of time. So maybe they're just planting the seeds.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be a long time before they decide to let Oscar Isaac go. Even though he says, oh, this is just a one and done. It's like, no, nah, man, we we know we're going to see you in Midnight Suns or whatever, which is going to be exciting but you can't just sit here and pretend oh yeah no no they yeah that Marvel stuff it's just not it's not a long-term thing for me like come on come yeah on.
2: especially with his executive producer title you guys talked about it last week on the pod Zach but like that's too big of a title to just do one thing and be done
0: 100% and like what I said last week I think he's like the first like new actor to get it because all the other ones in the past like the Tom Hiddleston's the Jeremy Renner's, the Scarjo's, they've been around for years so him getting to executive produce this right off the bat just shows how high like they regard him so yeah Midnight Suns all these other shows I can't wait to see what he's in next but my other kind of hot take here is that I don't know if we'll see his like dual personalities interact with the MCU I feel like if we ever get a mcu crossover with him i feel like he'll just be mark specter or moon knight because i just don't know I, i just can't maybe i'm doubting marvel too much but i can't see them pulling off this moon Knight tone within a larger
1: team up i can totally see them going the route of making steven the clever one and mark just like braun because steven has been shown to know a lot about egypt and he isn't like completely He's just out of his depth. Like, he's not dumb or anything. He's just kind of scared. But if he becomes the detective Mr. Knight persona, that'd be a really smart way to have him be a hero in two different ways, which is totally Batman, if you think about it. But anyways, um, but it'd be really cool because then you have, like, the witty, funny one, and then you have, like, the, oh, I'm so serious, like, Mark Spector. So maybe they can pull it off. Uh, I'm also, like... On the fence about how he's gonna interact with other characters mostly because he's he's kind of a different type of justice than the Avengers uh obviously' we'll, he fights monsters like the jackals, which by the way, this series really is going above with the violence they just impale a jackal like it's nothing and then oh we get away with it because it it turns into sand with the cool shot where he reaches for the moon and gets his uh i think they're called crescent blades uh that's what um oscar isaac was referring to it as because he said in an interview that he got to keep one of as a prop from the set which is awesome but yeah crescent blade is definitely a cooler name than moonerang which is what i was calling them before so i mean who knows but that's all in the future
0: with the snap like going into the sand like it was basically that jackal almost got dusted in a way and this is just another one of my takes you know trying to connect this to the further MC. That's just how my brain works when I look at stuff within a connected universe. But I feel like Mark's adventures probably happened during the years that the snap happened. That's just my, at least my initial thinking that him and his wife, Layla, they did all these big adventures like in between those, the five year, you know, gap. that's when they explored because I feel like that five year gap will become pivotal for the MCU of, Like, where did some of these new characters, like, come from within that five-year gap? I feel like a lot happened that we're still, like, slowly learning about. And I think Mark and Layla's adventures was one of them.
2: That would make sense. But part of me is also, like, well, how long has Steven kind of been in control of the body? From just kind of trying to feel it out, maybe a couple of months. But it feels like he was in a routine way longer than that. And I know we're a little bit past the blip now, but I'm like, what if it was some point during the blip that he kind of took control of the body like that?
0: I don't know. It's interesting to think about because I was actually wondering that too, because it's like, it seems like Steven had his, you know, he had his goldfish, you know, he had all this stuff. He had a life. He was a gift shop employee. So like that doesn't happen just overnight. So that's another good point. But then again, five years is such a long time where I wonder if, you know, Mark and Layla went to Egypt, Mark gets um, summoned by Khonshu or something, and then he ends up with this, you know, Stephen comes and stuff, like all within that five years. But I guess we'll find that out within the next couple of episodes, maybe, or we might not, because I mean, this series is very different than the previous uh, Disney Plus series we've seen. But it's just something I wonder about, you know. I just wonder how some things get connected within this like larger universe.
2: And I really wonder more about like the truth of Mark. I guess I'm coming from a place of not taking in any Moon Knight content before this show. So when he was being taken to our our little villains' hideaway, those quote unquote detectives, whoever they really were they were looking up information about him and it turns out he's just this terrible thief, murderer, killed archaeologists, sad face. Um, so I'm wondering if like that is really, really true about Mark and if that was before he got connected with Khonshu, too.
1: I have a belief that at some point in the series, they're going to do a flashback either to that or to some of these episodes through Mark's eyes, like specifically the parts where Stephen kind of, this face and stuff go crazy, and then he turns into Mark for a split second, and we don't get to see the Mark part of the story. Maybe that won't happen, but it'd be interesting to see if they go that route, because then this would still technically, and it is technically still an origin tale, except it's through the eyes of Steven. But... If at some point we got to see the deal that Mark and Khonshu made, it'd be pretty interesting to kind of give more background. And then that would be the real origin story without it being like thrown in your face right from the beginning.
2: That's true. And, you know, we ended the episode in Egypt, which sounds like that's where everything got started. So I wouldn't put it past Marvel to do a little bit of some flashback action.
0: I want to know more about Mark and Khonshu's deal. I think that's like a really, you know, interesting, and especially that you know, obviously, Conchu's avatar was Arthur Harrow. Now it's Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant, and now he wants um Layla as well. It's just interesting. I want to know more about the deal, and you know, Conchu's quest for justice. You know, his bat. He's Batman. He's Batman now, basically, but. Yeah, I, I just wonder the deal, because it's just one of those aspects. I, I wonder if that will get fleshed out more in the coming episodes.
2: Yeah, because Harrow was like, oh, with Khonshu, it's always one last thing, one last thing, one last thing. So what are the real terms of the arrangement?
1: I wonder, does he kill the people he he's done with, like his avatars? He Clearly, he didn't kill Harrow, but maybe that's his like end goal. Is he going to to get rid of them once they become too annoying? Like, what what does he do with them when he's like, I don't like this person anymore.
2: Harrow also said that Khonshu couldn't do anything without Steven. Like, he was blowing in the wind and stuff. So I don't really know if he's that powerful without a host. So would he be able to take over?
1: I think you're right. Yeah, that's what I was also like. So Khonshu has power, but he can only force the power through other people, which breeds the Moon Knight persona, which... Uh, Mark tells Stephen, there's like ceremonial warrior robes. So that's pretty interesting because the design is clearly like mummy-esque. So it's like, oh, cool. I mean, like buried warrior, if you will, like risen from the dead almost. So, oh, wait, that's exactly what happened. Duh, risen from the dead. He literally tells him you wouldn't be alive if it, yeah. Kanshu tells Mark you wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for me. I don't know how I just put that together. That's really obvious, but yeah. You got it. Yeah.
2: So do y'all think that Harrow's costume, when costume suit, when he was the avatar was different? Like, was his situation different?
1: I, I think it's the same. We won't know, obviously, unless they show it, but I want to say it's the same, but because of Steven putting on a literal suit, it could have been completely different and it probably judging by how uh, superhero stories usually go when different characters don similar costumes but in their own style i'm gonna guess his was more evil looking because he has a more evil persona he probably was more into khonshu than even mark is because i mean he's he's more willing to kill people it seems and he kills a homeless guy for like no reason he's like hey that's mine and you're giving it to me willingly, but I'm going to kill you anyway. So, Who knows?
0: Two things. Isn't there a Moon Knight character called, like, Sun King or something? Maybe, like, he was Sun King or something? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. And then, uh, second, didn't Harrow also say during this episode, or no, not Harrow, but Kanchu say, or no, Harrow said it, but Con- Harrow said it about Kanchu that Khonshu picks, like, avatars that have already been on, like, an evil path, so it's like he picked um Harrow, and then he picked Mark, who's the mercenary, but why would he be picking Layla unless Layla is on an evil path? That's what, like, made me wonder, too.
2: I mean, if she went on these quote-unquote adventures with Mark, then she's probably done some nasty things herself.
0: Murdering archaeologists, probably?
2: Yee, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Really reframes it.
1: So that makes me wonder whenever he uses a bit of his Ahmed power on Stephen and says you have chaos in you and it doesn't automatically kill him, how does that work? Like, is it because he has a God living inside of him? Or is there more to it? Like, what is chaos inside a person? Because clearly it's like, oh, he can't deliberate between the Mark and Stephen personas because Stephen is purely innocent and Mark is clearly. A murderer so that's where the chaos comes from I guess but imagine just someone else without like the Moon Knight stuff going on
2: yeah it's interesting like power is judging off of the person's I'd say more of like soul instead of what their body has done so that's why there's that chaos because essentially there I wouldn't say that there's multiple souls in the body of Mark slash Stephen but it's something along those lines you know like it really is just chaotic to even think about
0: it really is and in this episode like last week's episode had tons of like funny quotes and stuff what was your guys' favorite quote from today's episode if you have any
2: for me it was when steven was talking to hr at his job and they were like you know you're not alone and he's like that's the problem isn't it
1: i i'm gonna go with another british line when he says it's bloody bunkers, bruv. Whenever he's talking to him about the the footage he's about to see and Psycho Colonel Sanders, it's a good follow up.
0: That's mine. The Psycho Colonel Sanders. I didn't expect that reference to get dropped in this episode. I was like, ha! Huh, I like that one. That was funny.
2: I'm living for all the pop culture references, especially you guys talked about it last week. But yep. the avatars with the blue people and the anime.
1: Not an anime. Not an anime. People are going to get mad at us for saying that. I know someone who told me that already.
2: Yeah, but that's what he says in the show, so... <laughs>
1: exactly. Get right. Yeah, they get right. Whoever doubt <laughs> Just re- seeing what he I said agree. in the show.
0: Yeah, I-, I didn't expect the show to make that many pop culture references either, so I think that was, like, one of the nice surprises, too. That, like, you know, you've gotten these pop culture references. We got Wham! singing in the first episode and i mean i don't even know what else to expect but next week it looks like we're going to be going on this egyptian globe trotting adventure so what are our predictions for next week
1: big moon Knight action scene that's that's the only thing i can think of off the top of my head other than that they're gonna look for amit's tomb i highly doubt they find it but or at least in one episode but maybe they'll tease it
2: For me, I don't really have any predictions. It's mostly hopes. Uh, My partner and I are very excited about the Middle Eastern representation, but it's been very, very slim so far. Like we've gotten some pop culture, like some songs. Um, And then Layla is actually, she's an Egyptian actress. She's in Rami on Hulu. I highly recommend you watch it. But yeah, I'm just hoping that like, since they'll be in the setting of Egypt, there'll be more actors, a little bit more representation 'Cause right now we're getting this ancient Egyptian story, but it's like Oscar Isaac. So I'm like, uh let's get let's get some real people in here that are descended from all of this mythology we're talking about.
0: Very true. And I think yeah, I have to assume the next couple episodes will like uptick that like way more and we'll see more characters and, you know, settings and stuff. I know there was another like it wasn't even like a controversy, but like before this show even um start it was like moon knight's character in the comic is jewish and they wanted to see if there was gonna be actual like jewish representation in the show i haven't seen any of that yet through the oscar isaac character but maybe that's also coming but i don't know i'm not really you know i guess we'll see what happens but that's a good you know both of you good good predictions and good hopes for the next uh episode i guess my only really prediction for this next episode because this series has been like so different and stuff i think next week will be a lot of flashbacks in a way because we're going back to the site of where i think everything started in a way so i think we're going to get a lot of flashbacks
2: i also think there's going to be more conflict between steven and eric because that last interaction with them was pretty violent and i really liked last episode how they kind of like cut in between mark and stephen and we only got stephen's consciousness but i'm wondering if we're gonna get that again since and you know egypt is where everything got started so are we gonna get really the full story next episode or are we just gonna see it from one perspective
1: i'm also now wondering that and i agree with what you were saying earlier about The representation. I did find it kind of odd. That's why I was mentioning uh, Harrow earlier. I found it kind of weird that like he's harboring this Egyptian god but he's just some like rich guy and not like actually Egyptian. But who knows? I mean maybe that'll change and it probably would have been seen as like slightly stereotypical. Who knows? But it's Ethan Hawke so I guess that's why they have him on here. Whatever.
2: They could always pull a rachel vice in the mummy where her character evie's like yeah my mom was egyptian
1: (laughs) oh my god i didn't i didn't even think of that (laughs) but they could pull something like that also i was gonna say so do you think it's because the the whole jewish thing do you think mark himself is the jewish one because clearly stephen is different i mean he's vegan mark's not uh he has all these other things in his life that mark doesn't even though they're in the same body maybe that's why they haven't shown it yet or or who knows maybe a, his like past was like that. i don't know just just a guess
0: i think that's a good point i think it definitely was mark because i think mark was the jewish one in the comics right i, I want to say
1: yes yeah though-
0: so yeah No, so I think that could be a big reason why we haven't really seen that yet. But I knew online that was like a big talking point because I remember when they were casting Moon Knight, they were trying to see online petitions for like certain Jewish actors or even I think actors who just had Jewish parents or, you know, like stuff like that to just see. I think we'll probably see that in later episodes, I would assume.
1: So one thing I do have to mention, and you already talked about pop culture and how they actually have at the end, during the end credits, uh, Egyptian music. I wanted to say that I'm really um, glad they brought on an Egyptian composer for the music. He's newer to like the big blockbuster scene. He's mostly done like independent stuff. So I think it's really cool that I've been saying this and, and I will be saying more on the next episode of Composing Culture where... They're bringing on these smaller composers to do the series uh, more so than the movies, and it's worked out so far because they're getting more perspectives, more styles. Like Natalie Holt's music in Loki was very much Huvian uh, in a way, and the show was very Hoovian, and she's British, so it works out perfectly. And you have all this like weird stuff with the theremin, but in this show, you can clearly like even at the end of this episode when they're in Egypt, they bring in this um, Egyptian uh, singing style, which I'm gonna research more for right next. Whenever I end up talking about Moon Knight music, uh, I would like to know like the different instrumentation and stuff because you can hear a lot in this episode more than the first one. In the first one, he went full orchestral to make Moon Knight seem like this like epic persona. But in this one, we get more like just regular uh, atmospheric music that still contains all the melodies for the characters. So far, there are two discernible ones, uh, or three, actually. It's Khonshu, Moon Knight, and Harrow. So, I don't know. Really cool stuff, and I can't wait to hear more, honestly.
2: And I can't wait to hear more of your thoughts on composing culture.
1: More of that soon.
0: Good plug. Good plug. I like that. And you brought up Loki, and I thought it was good to point out that the directors of today's episode, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, they're gonna be The main duo directing season two of Loki, which we will be covering, obviously, on Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel. We'll be doing after show episodes for that. But I loved their direction in today's episode, so I can't wait to see what they do with the TVA and Loki and all those people, because I think there is some serious potential there.
2: I'm going to miss Miss Kate, our director from season one, but after seeing today's episode, I'm pretty excited.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I was really sad to hear that she was done, but I agree. These two, they did a really good job, so.
0: Not to get too off topic, but did she get another um, project with Marvel, or is she doing something else, like, outside of Marvel? Because I haven't heard anything.
1: She said it was for personal reasons. She said uh, she didn't want to just be stuck uh, creatively doing the same thing over and over, so sure. she wanted to, to do something different after Loki.
0: Didn't want to be pigeonholed into the superhero genre of directing, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it makes sense. But speaking of Loki, I've been hyping it up all episodes. So, Elizabeth Giovanni, are you ready? I'm going to share my theory. And it involves Thor, Love, and Thunder. And why the trailer and teaser could be, you know, not here for two reasons. But this does connect to Moon Knight. So, you know, I'm not just doing this just because this is a Marvel podcast.
2: I mean you're dropping a ton of different series and going to connect it all so I'm I'm hyped. What do you, what do you got for us?
0: Okay. Finally, here's the theory. I believe the delay of Thor Love and Thunder, the teaser and trailer, it could be for these two reasons. One, I still think we could see it shift to November and have Black Panther like move into 2023 and then have like the Marvels move into like summer 2023. But secondly, and I think this is the more creative, reason why we might have not seen a teaser or trailer yet is i think there could be this long shot possibility we may have to finish all of moon knight before seeing the first trailer i think it could have something to do with thor love and thunder's main villain which is gore the god butcher who will be played by the awesome christian bale batman (laughs) you know we've talked about batman all episode too but Moon Knight, it's about Egyptian gods. And I'm sure Gore, you know, he goes after all types of gods. Obviously, he's going after Thor. He's going to go after Zeus. I could see him going after Amit or Kanchu, whoever's alive at the time. So, I mean, I'm expecting Gore to go after these people, similar to who he's targeting in Love and Thunder. I'm still working through the entire theory, but this is just like my speculation so far. But Moon Knight has felt so separate, I would be surprised if it did happen. But I started to think, I'm like, hmm, maybe there is a reason why we haven't even seen, you know, the first Thor Love and Thunder trailer. It's because maybe there's something in Moon Knight, even if they just drop the reference to, like, Gore the God Butcher or something. Or it could be a variety of other reasons, but this is just me being a fan and being like, hmm, you know, kind of interesting timing that, you know, we have this show about Egyptian gods and then the next big Marvel movie after Multiverse of Madness is about gods too. So that's my theory. You guys can pick apart at it a bit or give me your thoughts. I, lay it on me. I, you know,
1: That's totally not why I was hinting at earlier when I mentioned the other gods or anything. Cause you, you just mentioned Zeus and I was like, we don't know anything about Zeus, uh, nothing's going on there. So you never know. I think you're, you're onto something because uh, I don't doubt they're gonna show gore going after some Egyptian people, some Egyptian gods.
2: It's a sound theory to me as well. I think, I don't know if gore will be like a huge main character and actually kill somebody. But we could get an after credit scene with him for sure.
1: I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. That way, they keep the attention on Moon Knight for the majority of its runtime.
0: I think so too. And I think that's the only thing that really puts a crack in my theory is that um, Moon Knight's uh, season or series finale is like the day before Multiverse of Madness. So, you know, it probably would be a little much if you did do a Thor connection there but you know i was just thinking about it like how ironic but then again they plan these things so meticulously they plan these things out that i'm like maybe it's not so ironic that you know we're learning about all these gods and then all of a sudden there's gonna be a character called gore the god butcher i mean it just feels like it connects a little bit
2: definitely and i mean with this theory we'll see it kind of come to fruition pretty soon so i'm excited
0: i'm excited too. It's been a blast talking about Moon Knight today on Night Fever. Next week, Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel will be back for another episode of Night Fever, breaking down Moon Knight and all it has to offer. For more Marvel content, head over to boardwalktimes.net or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review.